You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You don't know about the, the other side of the pyramid? The fifth side? It's called the floor, you dumbass. <laughs> I just want to make sure he realizes there is a fifth side of the pyramid. And I believe none of them, which makes me an expert. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. We've been gone for a little while, but we are back. I'm here with my co-host, Christy Phillips. Yep. And today we're going to be talking about uh, how cults, cults uh, represented in film and our favorite horror movies or thrillers, and kind of how like they all get played out uh, from what we've seen based on what we know about our cults. Uh, from Jehovah's Witnesses to the Umshan Rikios of the world that uh, you just recently found out about. <laughs> yeah, that was new. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> and scary. Yeah, brand new. Japanese cults with sarin gas are fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, we just talk about some of our favorite cults that we've seen in movies and television. Uh, one show we kind of uh, really uh, got going was uh, The Path, which starred Pinkman from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and his and he was a cult leader. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, he was, uh, he, uh, he was straight up, like straight up from beginning to end. He was an unofficial leader, then leader, then full on Christ figure. Yeah, oh. but he he had to deal with uh, Hugh Dancy though. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, another a radical Jim Jones type guy. Yes. Without yes. the amphetamines and throwing Bibles. That we know of. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, like it. Uh, kind of seeing how like they are portrayed in film and how they not only get played out but how you get like a false narrative of cults very quickly in movies which i kind of hate um one of those is uh, my fa- kind of a movie i don't like uh, is how fast a cult forms in like a grocery store in the movie the mist <laughs> like i don't I, like that was one movie i didn't like because of how fast that happens Come on, the only good thing about the mist was the suction cup monsters. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but like how fast that lady was just like, oh no, this is God doing this. We all need to pray and sacrifice people to the monsters. And I'm just like, yep. And everybody's like, all right. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems like a perfectly good idea going into it. But yeah, like, go, like the older movies really show off cult like activity, uh, mainly because of like your 50s and 60s movies. Uh, with movies like Race with the Devil, Rosemary's <laughs> Baby, and stuff like that, where, where like there's, there's this precursor of satanic panic, mm-hmm. this idea that there are Satanists among us living in the woods or are part of you know uh, an apartment complex in New York, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it it is kind of just freaky how those are portrayed throughout compared to actual cults and how they form mm-hmm. very slow burn and then it's just like oh my god what happened it's just like no no this happened like very quickly toward the tail end like yeah. it, 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 it went south very quick it's it's kind of like when you talk about when we break down uh someone like jim jones jim yes. jones in the beginning in the beginning from indianapolis was very 
socially conscious. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, we're going to help our fellow parishioners. We're going to help our fellow, help the flock, mm-hmm. basically. You know, a lot of it was coming together to help pay bills or help help uh, someone in the church, you know, help someone go to school. Help and, everybody be racially equal. Yeah, yeah, a, a very socialist kind of uh, Christ-like yeah. acts. And there was, it was like a biracial, like, utopia for like a good minute mm-hmm. until all the amphetamines finally kicked in and he wore sunglasses inside and yeah. tried to fake his own death in front of the church and did faith healing and then mock executions and yeah but yeah it's kind of like reading like a stephen king book where it kind of just like <laughs> okay this is all right i get this mm-hmm. like girl in high school she's kind of getting shit on she's getting bullied Mom, mm-hmm. mom's a cunt and then it's just like oh she has mind powers and flays people open and it's just like well, that took a turn. <laughs> yeah, it took a turn very quickly, and then everything goes downhill like a snowball on fire. <laughs> yeah, it, it's also like that, that stranger than fiction kind of thing. Like yeah. if you talk about kid, uh, the Ant Hill kids mm-hmm. in Canada, you know, what the fuck? You know, like that's the only yeah. response you have to those kind of things. Yeah, and, absolutely. Or uh, the Children of God cult, which takes decades to build, which is still around today. You know, yeah. Uh, and I think that movies, the way they portray. Cults are very have to be very fast and loose mm-hmm. with the with the with the stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite is uh, kind of like how like Hell on Wheels mm-hmm. is a western, but we slowly see the buildup of not only Mormons mm-hmm. but break off Mormons like the Hittites and the um, uh, the Millerites and stuff like that, which were just like little cults yeah. that built in the West mm-hmm. and. What the fuck? Like, how fast that can happen? It's like, oh, no, I'm cool with everything except for that one thing. We're going to do our own thing without that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's just breaks to it's just basic Christianity. <laughs> yeah. That's it, one of the reasons why I think the path did as good as they did. Yeah. Because they didn't try to have, they didn't, well, let, let me get it right. They didn't have to build it in the show. They already had it built when you get there. Yeah. When the well, show starts, the, the, uh, group the cult mm-hmm. such and such air quotes is already built when you get there and you're already seeing when you're first introduced to all these people they're like well here's how this works mm-hmm. and they show it by educating the kids and talking about you you first meet a girl who is being rescued by this cult and they have you follow her as being educated into the cult and that's how you get taught how all these things work yeah so the cult's already in existence by the time the show starts, so it's not like they had to build it from the ground up in the show or in the movie. It's already going on. Mm-hmm. And you're already being introduced to all these families and all these characters who are interwoven together. And then, But you're also getting to see the behind the scenes in everybody's house and in everybody's life. And you're getting to see the cracks in everybody's foundation and where everybody's... Some people are kind of not exactly faithful. Some people are kind of questioning things quietly and then you have some people who would be the people who would set themselves on fire for this belief and then you have the kids who were just trying to be kids but also questioning whether or not they believe in this stuff too and that's that's what i like about the path real quick let's just go into it real quick um the different dynamics they choose to make the 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 principles of this cult Mm -hmm. uh there are so many different cults represented in this show. Yes, as little little cherry picked items they do. One is uh, the 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 recorded confessions mm-hmm. of sin, uh, which is basically auditing, which is no different than Scientology, where mm-hmm. they record you, uh, but is also no different than 
um, Shunrikyo, which was they record you saying stuff that you did. And you don't know you're being recorded exactly, mm-hmm. but they lord it over you. Yeah. Uh, a good story is the story of John Travolta mm-hmm. was when he started Scientology was they he had homosexual thoughts and they lorded that over him mm-hmm. and said, "Look, you're going to do what we fucking say, or we're going to release this." And you know, in the '70s and '80s, that is not good. That is that is a career killer. Yeah, <laughs> so, that is Saturday Night Fever in Greece, and no, no, you that's can't, not you good can't, for him. You can't be like, hey, this dancing fool over here can't be the gay guy. Yeah. Uh, so like, you, you have those kind of things that lord over someone of celebrity, mm-hmm. but they lord it over the the actual people in the in the church itself. And what's cool is we see people who were born into it. Mm-hmm. We see families who you know kind of breed into it a little bit kind of like in-laws of in-laws and stuff like that but mm-hmm. what i really liked about it is it's two uh, it's a two generation cult it's yes. in its second generation because the elders of the cult we see the group photo the starting lineup yeah. of, of the group and i like there's like <laughs> the ogs I'm, the ogs and there's like 12 of them <laughs> yeah the original 12 mm-hmm. and that's from the quorum of 12 which is a mormon thing mm-hmm. which is the 12 prophets or elders of mormonism uh fun fact that's how battlestar galactica is made because it was made by mormon (laughs) he has a 12 tribe mentality 12 original civilizations of humans on the planet cobalt which Mm -hmm. on the planet cobalt the planet in mormonism guess what it has planets in it the planet is called cobalt well that's where god's from (laughs) in mormonism so like you have these kind of like little things and i love the 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 multi-level marketing like strategy of ascending in the cult, which mm-hmm. is also kind of like Mormonism, because you can't mean you couldn't just straight join the Mormons. You know, I mean you couldn't be Latter Day Saints immediately. We mm-hmm. would have to be in it for a while before we could actually go to the temple part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just fascinating how they built this like this self help path. They call it the rungs of the ladder, mm-hmm. which they climb the ladder, and they end up. Then the same kind of way that Scientology ended up, where we need to add more rungs to keep people in, like yeah, because oh boy, uh, from Breaking Bad, uh, Ryan Paul was it? What's his name? Um, Pinkman. I was gonna say I, I don't remember his name in the show. All I ever did was call him Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's he's Jesse from Breaking Bad and everything. He's yeah, ever this is what he did after life. he cooked meth with a scientist. <laughs> this got, is how he escaped. <laughs> he got his mind right. Went to South America, met a guy with a snake, and joined a and joined a cult. Met a nice lady, had some kids. Yeah. Fought a fought a androgynous fucking <laughs> cult leader and fucking became the leader by digging holes and doing push-ups. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like you get this like multi-level marketing scheme almost, mm-hmm. which is kind of like how MLMs work is cult-like. Yeah, is you know you're only as valuable as 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 many people as you bring into the system. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's how a pyramid scheme works. You only make money if more people are brought in because of you. Mm-hmm. And so you, it has to stack. Uh, what's fascinating about this show was they were very open, like most cults in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're very they're very like, hey come and see. Yeah. Come and see. And it's just like I saw a pale horse said a man who sat on him tried to sell me neutrogen. This is like this weird fucking vibe I got from when they first said they were all vegan. I was just like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just like, if you tell anyone again, that's a big part. And that's a big part of a lot of cults is diet. Mm -hmm. Once you start changing the diet of a group, Oh, hell breaks loose. (laughs) 
because like you're, you you need amino acids to be a critical thinker to have been like hey David I think the cops are here like oh god oh don't worry friend the ATF can't crush me I'm just like no he won't crush you he'll burn the shit out of you <laughs> but that, that's just how I like I, how I see it it's just like mm-hmm. these are the principles and how to, the path season one is a how to guide mm-hmm. to either stay in it or get the fuck out. Yeah, or these are the warning signs. See them and yeah. run. Yeah. But, like, with a path, you know, that is a show. That is a series on yes. Hulu, you know, so which we get a lot of insights, ins and outs. But in movies, however, we have to learn very quickly. Yeah. So, uh, a good movie that I think you learn very quickly is a movie called The Sacrament, mm-hmm. which is a POV kind of shot for shot of basically the story of Jim Jones and the People's Temple in South America. Mm-hmm. Uh it's very it's newer. Yes. It is a newer movie and it's shot more contemporary, closer to our time now. Mm-hmm. Where a young man, his sister, has, is part of this cult. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's like third in command. Yeah, she's way up there. Yeah, she's 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 a true believer. Yeah. And they go there and they have the little huts. They have the white knights. You mm-hmm. know, if, if you uh, go back and listen to our Jim Jones story, there we describe what white knights means. But it's the the pavilion where mm-hmm. he's looking down on his flock in a chair with this glasses on. Yeah. White. He's on a throne, quote, quote. Yeah. Yeah, well, you need something. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be taller than your peasants. I mean, your believers and your followers. Look, look, shit gets done when you're tall. Okay? You say, Napoleon, that was his problem. He kept being on the horse all the time. Like, That's because he was short and he hated being short. He wasn't even that short. That's a myth. He's only He was like 5'7". I know. I know but guys he that considered are, himself shorter to be everybody I know, else. I know guys that are 5'7 who are unholy terrors. Hey, I'm 5'7". You're a woman. <laughs> it's fine. When you're a guy, it's just like... Oh, I could crush him like a fucking pebble. <laughs> but like, it, it is kind of funny that you know you see something like the sacrament, mm-hmm. which is kind of visceral when you first watch it because it's yeah. like, holy sh! This is what it was like if there was a camera on it one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and there was the and that stuff we don't see growing up. Yeah, and we hear the story, we hear the testimonies, and we hear the the background audio, which is just blood curdling. Yes. But when we see it in a horror movie like this, like a thriller, it is very visceral to see. Yeah, because somebody had to take the liberties to fill in the stuff that we didn't see in real life, which is Mm. bad enough. And uh, right now I'm uh, teaching a unit and some of my kids are studying cult leaders. And one of my kids is actually studying Jim Jones. And he'd never heard of it. Yeah, He had no idea about any of it. And he had to watch. uh, I told him about a documentary. And he watched it. And it's the one that's on Hulu. And it has the most... Uh, most it has the mo- the biggest amount of actual footage, and I walked behind him uh, the other day, and he was watching it in class, and he just I mean ramrod straight back, mouth open, eyes wide, and I'm like, oh, I messed this kid up. I'm going to jail. This mm-hmm. is it. And I walked over there, and I put a piece of candy on the corner of his desk, and he took his headphones off, and he said, what's this for? I said, because I know what you're watching, and I know where you are in the story, and you're going to need it. A little bit later, I came back over there, and he said, can I get up and go to the bathroom and just take a walk for a second? I said, as long as you don't leave campus, I don't care. Just go take a minute. And he had just got to the, the, the Kool-Aid part. And he came back and he goes, I think I'm done for the day. Damn. I said, I understand. That's fine. You can be done for the day. 
And he came in the next day, and they have to make dioramas. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, how are you going to do a diorama? He said, I want to do it before that happened. He said, I want to see it when everybody was supposed to be happy and everybody was supposed to be enjoying themselves and when they were building it and they seemed to be doing so much better I don't want to I don't want to create a visual of it when it was so bad yeah where it, t- where it goes south yeah and the last thing I wanted to tell him was kid it was bad long before they ever got there yeah but he was trying to pull something positive and I didn't want to crush that for him yeah I'm trying to do act one god damn it let me do act <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> I'm like you know what if you can find some kind of positive peace and happiness go find it go for it <laughs> and I think that's a, I think that gets lost in a lot of you know movie and television production is like the the the, the happy parts yeah. of, of how a cult starts uh, one of there are cults that don't start out good there are cults that are just straight hell from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, war of attrition type followers yeah uh, um, the anthill kids is a perfect example mm-hmm. uh, um shinrikyo just went south very quickly yeah. uh, you have your followers of the solar temple your children of god you know all these things at some point started off very good but took a hard right turn very quickly yeah and that's kind of hard to uh do in production in mm-hmm. movie production because when we start seeing cults in the movie it's just like oh no these people are fucking bad that's why we call them a cult yeah for <laughs> like, real like <clears throat> when you see uh, in a show like Hell on Wheels where the preacher's finally gone nuts mm-hmm. and he starts giving guns to the natives and it's just like oh he's the great white buffalo for them he's he's going to murder us all in our sleep <laughs> and that's like that's what happened that's a true story that they're adapting was you know these religious nuts who helped start bleeding Kansas mm-hmm. and started basically the precursor to the Civil War. You know these yeah. these people that went off the fucking rails and started murdering people in the prairie mm-hmm. for or against slavery. So it's it's a very crazy dynamic of how like a religion itself, and we call them cults because. They don't. They don't last that long. That's the thing. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's only a cult if it doesn't last that long. Yeah. Um, a great example of this is the Millerites. Have you ever heard of the Millerites? Not really. All right. So the Millerites were a doomsday cult that ended up becoming the Seventh Day Adventists. Oh. Uh, the they were named after the preacher Miller, mm-hmm. who who said all the world's coming to an end in like eighteen forty five. It's all over. So. Obviously, that isn't true. I mean... <laughs> and so that's where we get terms like the rapture mm-hmm. was from a group called the Millerites. You know, we, we... we That's not actually in the Bible. Like, in the book of Revelation, it just says a third of the people on earth will just go to heaven. Yeah. It, it shall come like a thief in the night. Yeah. It doesn't say when. It doesn't say when. It doesn't <laughs> say how. It doesn't say we get naked and fly into the sky. But we know that as the rapture mm-hmm. or the left behind propaganda bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, I got tricked into reading that. <laughs> I had a bunch of people who tried to read it and tried to give it to me to read, and I'm like, no. I thought I'm, it was sci fi. I'm, I'm like, I'm too busy reading Anne Rice and mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe. I'm good where I'm that at. Real you go center, ahead. That real center shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm over here in Goth Haven. You go right ahead where you're at. The I'm books good. that should be banned. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that vampire sympathy. <laughs> I love the vampire sympathy. Oh, God. They're all fucking either Confederates or just French cotillion assholes. (laughs) Hey, that doesn't happen in the Anne Rice books. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It doesn't. (laughs) But uh, let's let's talk about some cults and movies. One of your favorite is uh, The Black Cat. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell us about that cult. So, welcome to the great year of 1934. 
Great time to be alive. Oh, God. Especially if you're a, <clears throat> a cracker <laughs> with land. You would have been fine. I don't have land, but I would have got some. <laughs> and we'll talk about that on our new podcast. <laughs> How we'll be fine. Yeah. Time travel and other steps. <laughs> yes. So what I liked about it, other than the fact that it has the great, speaking of vampires, Bella Lugosi. And, uh, oh God, his name just left me. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Both of them in there as just humans instead of the monsters they normally portrayed. They are two uh, former soldiers that were at war, and they have come across each other in a different time period, and they just happen to do this on a train. And in the caught in the crosshairs is a young couple who are on their honeymoon, and they're just trying to get to where they're supposed to be. Classic Agatha Christie style storytelling. <laughs> yes. But what's messed up is the reason that it's so bad, according to the movie, is they are both members of a satanic cult. Hell yeah. And they are trying to kill each other, to sacrifice each other to Satan to gain immortal power. Hmm. So. The only thing that makes them evil, according to the movie at the time, was that they were in a satanic cult. Looking back on it now, as we sit in my dining room in 2023, it's because they're human beings and they're evil. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with them being monsters or anything. Humans are just as monstrous as any monster that's ever been, in fact, more so. So that was one of the reasons why I loved it so much is because you get to see the the big boys who played the famous monsters mm-hmm. be human monsters, which is scarier than any monster that's ever been created by Hollywood, in my own opinion. Yeah. So like, well, that, that goes back to like how storytelling, how horror was told. You know, the three layers of horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the first horror, which are the 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 campsite horror. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're by the fire. There's something out there we can't see. It's a monster. It's mm-hmm. a animal, a werewolf, a vampire, something that we can't see that we can only imagine how horrible it is. A mm-hmm. big mouth, multiple teeth kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? What what awful thing could be there? And then as the world progresses, it's not the thing you can't see. It's the things you hear about. So, you know, the progression of horror is always the thing in the dark. Mm-hmm. The foreigner monster, your Draculas, your Frankensteins, your mummies, they're not in America. They're from overseas. Mm-hmm. They're from the old world. They should be terrifying. Mm-hmm. And then you have the people who return from horrific things like war veterans mm-hmm. uh, or sideshow freaks, people who don't look the norm. You know, that's yeah. why movies like The Freaks and like those uh, movies of those ilk. Or like Phantom of the Opera is yep. a perfect example. You know, the, 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 the deformed person mm-hmm. is to be feared, even though they are just a man, just a person. And then from that, it's the person next door. Or and a, a nice little crop was aliens. Like you just yeah. like for a nice little crop, they the thing from outer space. This how far does it go? And you know, mm-hmm. we we talk about this multiple times, like couch potatoes and you know, other episodes. It's it's like how progression of horror is told, but like. There is this niche thing of, let's talk about that group over there, mm-hmm. this cult over there. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like the progenitor of how America kind of starts in the beginning. It was, you know, we have the Native Americans here long before 
Europeans come to settle Mm -hmm. long before the Spanish come here from Central America to Mexico, what is now Mexico, North America and the the First Nations of Canada to, you know, the Eastern tribes Mm -hmm. of what is in the United States. All of them have a different mythos. Mm -hmm. All of them have different ways of worship and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when they clash with a group of people that come here... There is a different source of religion. There's mm-hmm. a different way of religion. So, like, a good way to describe this is how does your religion begin determines how your religion is told and seen going forward. Yeah. So, take about, like, when we were kids, we were going to church. The story of Christianity is very bloody. Yes. It starts with the death of a man who gets beaten to an inch of his life, crucified, stabbed. Tortured. Tortured. And then taken off a cross, disappears for three days, and ascends to heaven. That is one of the bloodiest fucking tales yes. of a religion, as opposed to the the Genesis story of like the people of Abraham, which is, mm-hmm. there was darkness, now there's light. Blah, blah. Yeah. Look what I got. I got two people in a tree. I'm doing fine. I got two people in a tree. I got this rib-stealing <laughs> bitch talking to reptiles. Talking to a snake that's got eating, feet. Eating probably figs. If it wasn't an apple, it was a fig. <laughs> the most sinful fruit. Because <laughs> it tastes like candy. <laughs> but, like, but, like, you got those two things and, like, how do those, you know, branch out? Mm-hmm. And what is now, what does Judaism look like? What does Christianity look like? You know, one is a very solidary religion. Mm-hmm. One is fractured beyond belief like a tree branch Mm -hmm. which branches off into multiple different things and what I like about cults is if they got a bloody beginning they're going to get so much fucking worse down the lane yes Uh, a great one of this one is you know just interpretation Mm -hmm. about cults are done in movies Uh, you know you talked about the black cat the satanists yes it's always satanists you know always the satanic panic your uh, your David Ikes of the world who are just like coast to coast AEM are just talking about the Satanists in every town from fucking Charlotte to Los Angeles. Yeah. In every small town, there's a group of Satanists. Mm-hmm. Well, we know in the real world, this is a bad way of thinking that gets people fucked up. Yeah. West, West Memphis, Memphis 3. three. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's kill three teenage boys because three little boys died. And they wear black clothes and listen to Metallica. Yeah, yeah like, well, that's portrayed very well. Uh, that's portrayed very well in, you know, how people saw other religions after mm-hmm. the Puritans. You know, Puritans are displayed very horribly in media mm-hmm. because, like, all like we all know the the Crucible. Yes. They did not all wear black. They didn't wear buckles. They they wore different <laughs> colors. There was a cunt called Winona Ryder, like, out there <laughs> who was telling, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, I jerked the devil off in the backyard. Like, just like that, yeah. Yeah, because... He told me to. Or because this woman has property, and we need that property. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, it's, and it becomes a land grab yeah. kind of situation. Little Susie, you need to get up on the stand and tell everybody that the little old man next door who has absolutely no way of putting his hands on you, put his hands on you so I can get his property. Mm. And Ted the devil did it. Oh, God. That's my favorite thing about cults. The devil told him to do it. The best fucking answer yes. of all time is the devil told me to do it. And I'm just like... This was the insanity defense before the insanity defense. Yes, absolutely. But it also goes into, hey, I don't know what that group is about. So in my mind, I'm going to make up things Mm -hmm. about that group. 
If I don't understand it, it must be wrong. A great example is um, history-wise, in the early like 1820s, 30s, and 40s, mm-hmm. you had the religious revolution in the United States. At that time, near Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. uh, a big group called the uh, the Shakers. Yes. Uh, were sent. Was found about a woman. Mm-hmm. So everybody was kind of fascinated that this woman. How dare she fucking form her own Christian religion? Mm-hmm. And so people started making rumors that she ate babies and castrated men. And it's just like, no, she just probably had like two husbands. Like she probably, she probably <laughs> had, girl. Yeah, she, she probably had two husbands and just collected property like like I mean, a madman. No I mean, different than a guy with multiple wives and dowries and shit. So like it, it gets blown out of proportion. Which I would love a movie about a cult that gets blown out of proportion, kind of like uh, oh, what was that movie? Um, where the two guys are trying to oh, Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale versus <laughs> Eve. I would College just, kids. I would love just a common misconception movie of just mm-hmm. like oh no, it's a cult that eats children. It's just like no man, we're we're we doing a barbecue. Gr- we're we just want to grow plants in our backyard. No, it's a cult. They need to be murdered, and it's just like. <laughs> Just a, it's a group of kids just murdering themselves on their property. Yeah. But so, like, uh, some other stuff that goes into, like, the movies. Uh, we mentioned The Mist, which <laughs> which I love. But, like, that woman, I will say, the woman that is in The Mist, if you guys get a chance, I know I love a character when I fucking hate him. Yes. Uh, if you can act to a point where I want to reach through the screen and rip your fucking head off. Joffrey. You are fantastic. Walter Cersei. White. Uh, Brian, uh, Walter, White's, Walter White's wife from AMC, <laughs> from, from Breaking Bad. I wanted to murder her so bad because she did such a good job at being a bitch. <laughs> and then you wanted to kill all the blonde women on AMC. AMC makes you hate blonde women. <laughs> they don't show them in a popular light, and it's because it's true. They can't be fucking trusted. They're slow, <laughs> short to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> because they're closer to hell. <laughs> but the the story, like, when you tell a story and that woman's in there and she's just like, I'm like, okay, she's acting like a Karen a little bit in the grocery store. She's being kind of a bitch. And then she's like, this little boy. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. In real life, this woman would have been drug out to the parking lot and fed a tire iron. Like... <laughs> Like, I swear to God, like, if shit had broke nasty in real life, this woman is taking a fucking tool to the face. Which, 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 that's just me. And well-deserved, my that's, that's just That's just me. Yes. But, like, let's talk about uh, another cult that's kind of, like, just over the top is Silent Hill. I love Silent Hill. I love that movie so much. Yeah, but the cult. Yes. Is, yes. Holy shit. They, they yes. have, they have a whole different mentality. They have an old world mentality of mm-hmm. believing in witches and shit. So, yeah. So, let's talk about that. Like, the the woman who plays the leader in that, mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. She's great in everything she's in. Yeah. She's always, nine times out of ten, she's always creepy and weird in everything she's yeah. in. But I love the idea of, like, they believe witchcraft exists. Yes. And therefore, it should be burned out. And yes. Not only that, the idea of witchcraft was she was born with her parents not being married mm-hmm. was the whole story. Yeah. And the only other version of this I could think of is Carrie. Mm-hmm. Was Carrie White was born out of wedlock by probably the devil. Her mom was probably a nice young lady who was 
had a couple bush lights, fucked a guy who probably was the devil. Probably. And now Carrie White burns in hell. Yeah. <laughs> but like Along with, with half our town. Yeah. Well, that's what I love, the you know, Carrie White burn in hell. That's just the, the, the solid image that you have for that. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's one of my favorite stories ever is because this girl, no matter what she did, is vehemently hated. Yes. And that's kind of the basis of cults. It's like we need a villain mm-hmm. beyond the scope of uh like physical like a physical realm, like reality. There's gotta be an evil somewhere. Yeah, there has to be, or the thing don't work. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a person. It could be like a group or a, a belief, but there's gotta be something that you hate. And you trust me, speaking as a woman who has worked at jobs with other women and other people People will bond over something you hate equally. If you all hate something oh, yeah. together, yeah. you will bond quicker than if you like something. Post 9-11 Americas was the shit. <laughs> because everybody was down with each other for a good solid three years. Ooh. Where everybody was cool about hating a certain group of people for oh. about three years here. Uh, but Not a, everybody, I'll, I'll, that, that, that I'll was, argue. There was a, but the cult mentality yes. is it's us against them against everyone and yeah. i love that mentality because it reminds me of just like baptist methodists and just it's like you guys live in the same town shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> you they, guys- didn't, they didn't show up with a nice covered dish yeah how dare they yeah <laughs> fucking methodist look at her showing up with her ankles out on sunday i remember my dad telling me a story uh him and his dad went to go buy a car mm-hmm. and <laughs> They uh, they were talking to the guy selling the car, and my dad his his dad left and decided not to get the car. And my dad's like, "Why are we win that car?" And he's like, "Because that guy's a fucking Methodist." And I'm just like, "Holy shit! I don't even know any Methodists personally." <laughs> but it's like this weird like bigotry. <laughs> I I don't understand. I I kind of do. Like, have you ever really talked to a, a Presbyterian? They're not good people. <laughs> They can't be trusted. Oh, bless. Yeah, they're Catholic light, like a piss of faith. But, and you can't trust a Catholic. Yeah, once you start getting that Irish fucking accent and Italian out of them, you're just like, no, no, you're not right. All that blood and shit, it's, uh, it's too messy. Stop it. Oh, I can go all day. I know. Yeah. That's why I said stop it. <laughs> but yeah, so like when we talk about those cults, like mm-hmm. the Silent Hill guys, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, let's burn her. And I'm just like, yes. Like, that's, that's, that's. <laughs> That's that's how you keep it entertaining, you know. Like that's that's for a for like a mindset of going for us going to church. What mm-hmm. was the fun thing about going to church for me? Nothing. Like we had Sunday school, which were people I met at school. Like it was just like this was not. I like the fun. music. Yeah, but like if you go to a church that has that, as opposed to, you know, old timey churches that don't do that kind of thing mm-hmm. or. Like, you have a lot of reformed churches. You know, we're, we live in the South, so we have a, a plethora to choose from, from yes. Pentecostals to <laughs> Presbyterians. We're one of the notches in the Bible Belt. But we also have the multiple notches of Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Catholics, uh, uh, Associated Reformed, Presbyterians, Evangelicals, tent preaching. Uh, Snake handlers. Pentecostals. <laughs> they, I love Pentecostals because that's a real fucking show. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's. I would put a dollar in the box for that one. Okay, like, but like that—that's a show. That you got people speaking in tongues. You got a guy with snakes. You know, just let's live in the dream, man. And that right there kind of shows how like the reality that we live in, mm-hmm. as opposed to how cults are portrayed. Yes, the real thing's so much fucking worse. I agree. The real thing can be so much fucking worse. Yes, because with a cult. 
yes, there's going to be a lot of financial give and take, mainly the takes. Yeah, a lot of physical abuse, but that happens in the Baptist community, the Catholic community, the the Methodist, you know, the Protestants, the uh, even even the Jewish culture in America, like the non-westernized version of Judaism, the Orthodox Jews in like New York and stuff like that. Yeah, abuse happens there too. So you have a flagrant kind of thing of reality, and it's just like, no, it's only the cults that do it. These Satanists and like these devil worshiping motherfuckers. It's like, no, they just want to burn people. Like <laughs> this this cult is just trying to burn witches. To me, it's more of a it's a human thing. Yeah. You you give anybody a position of power, they they are. I'm not gonna say they can, but they have the ability to use it in a bad way. Oh, of course. That's, that's, the, that's the best part of power. <laughs> because you can do bad shit. That's, come on. Heavy sigh. It's kind of the common conversation we always have. Hey, yes. if you were in charge, what's one thing you would do? And I'm just <laughs> Give so, as many other people power as possible because I don't want it all. Mm. <laughs> Not you. you. You would be a terrible cult leader. Yes, because I don't want to be the you one would, in charge. You, you'd be like those pussies of, in the path where there's like 12 of them and there's like, oh, we all have equal say. Shut yep, the fuck up. Everybody has to get together and make decisions because nope, 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 nope. No, nope, we nope. need one leader who needs to give a standard line who understands how the ladder works. Nope. You know, I just got done watching how to make a ty- how to be a tyrant again. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. No. Although, I do want to bring up your favorite because we've been dancing around it. And Speaking of Satanists, mm-hmm. Race with the devil. Yes. So, fun, fun, fun little backstory about this. Someone asked me to find this movie. Someone would be my mother. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, she gave me a list of movies to find. Uh, one of them was a stupid, terrible movie with Clint Eastwood. Uh, Play Misty for me. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's the only Clint Eastwood movie where Clint Eastwood is not Clint Eastwood. He's a pussy. <laughs> and an idiot. It doesn't make sense. Uh but that aside, our 12-part series, why I hate that movie, will, will be put aside uh, on movies we should forget. <laughs> the, hey, we, we can make that. Yeah. I'd be glad to. Yeah. Uh, Frogs is probably on there. Hey, I love that movie. Uh, but Race with the Devil is probably the most unhinged, yes, unhinged devil cult movie out there. Yes. Uh, because it's a murder cycle gang and Satanists. Yeah. And uh, as a as a group of four, you're mm-hmm. stand of two couples, uh, late sixties, early seventies, seventy five. Yeah, seventy five. Uh, and like, if you think about that for a second, the time and place of that movie. Mm-hmm. This is after Jim. This is during the time of Jim Jones. Mm-hmm. This is during the time of the Rajneeshis, mm-hmm. who are slowly starting. Marilyn Manson and that shit already happened. Yeah. So everyone's round a little fucking tight with the hippie generation and their stupid ass. Plus, you've got the uptake of horror movies. Yeah. Have to be a, are going through being bloodier, being yeah. rougher. Yeah. You have, you have your uh, Hammer films that are mm-hmm. getting retouched. You got, you know, let's make it bloodier, let's make it worse, let's. But also, you know, me and you have discussed this of movies like. Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave. Uh, Straw Dogs. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. There is a prevailing story, like subplot of rape. Yeah. In these movies. And that's because it became a crime. 
Yes. On the legality end. So it's mm-hmm. it was in my mind it was good to show that that's a bad thing to do mm-hmm. because it's not going to get taught. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, this movie, mm-hmm. Satanist Bikers, <laughs> is so much. It's so fucking dumb. I just like you literally have the Hell's Angels who are real. Who are just assholes in real life. <laughs> and you could have just did a movie about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They could have just been the Mongols out of California. You could have followed them on the road to Nevada and just killed them. Like, Truth. But no, you had to make them Satanists. You had to make them this, this prevailing fiction. Well, you you got to think. You got Henry Fonda in this. Mm-hmm. The easy rider himself. Yeah. So, two couples who are apparently the two guys in, the, the, in, in this. They're in a... Uh, Winnebago, yeah. riding around, living the, the dream, living the dream, riding around the desert, and they have racing bikes and dirt bikes, and they're just riding in the hills off randomly, and they're all sitting out, and they do what anybody does in a horror movie that you never do. They're sitting out by their campfire, and they happen to look across this little lake, and they see a bunch of guys, a bunch of people in robes, dancing around a great big bonfire. And then they see a girl gets disrobed and sacrificed. As one does in As the desert. As one does. And because absolutely none of the two guys go and grab binoculars and get a closer look at the completely naked girl before she gets killed, and they watch as she dies. And then they're like, we've got to go to the cops, we've got to go to the cops. So they get up the next morning and they go over there and there's no sign of anything, there's no blood, there's a little bit of place where the fire was and all that. And the whole time they go into town, they go into town and they're like, hey, you know, we saw this happen. Come to find out everybody in town is in on it and they're all members. Fun fact, small towns are terrible. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my ass would have saw that shit from across the way <laughs> and would have been like, I did not see anything. <laughs> I was looking at my watch. <laughs> if anybody asks me what religion I am, I am a practicing none of your goddamn business. And... <laughs> I would have got back into my home on wheels and left. Mm-hmm. And another thing, you you mentioned the motorcycles and dirt bikes. Every horror movie I've seen with dirt bikes, those people die. Fun fact, pumpkin head. Pumpkin head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey, they deserved it. They deserved not it. Not all of them, but a the good ones, majority the of them. The ones that hit the kid deserved every single solitary bit of it. Yeah, yeah but like. Every time you bring in like motocross, I'm just like, yeah, you all fucking deserve to die. Nothing good ever happens when there are motorcycles in horror movies. I'm sorry, they yeah. don't ever make it a positive thing. But no, they get they, they go toe to toe with this cult. Yeah, they're running from them down the highway and they're shooting at them through the car. Yeah. And, oh yeah, it's a yeah, big it, 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 it's a long drawn out slow death yes. kind of thing. And, yes. and like any 70s movie, it ends with the bad guys winning. It's bloody. It's, it's gory. Bloody. You know, like Rosemary's Baby, which was another Satanist, basically propaganda film, which was like, she has a drugged... She was date-raped by the devil. Thank you. That's exactly and the like, That's the Welcome to the entire premise of this movie. And like... Consider it is Roman Polanski. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Uh, but there is this over-the-top, you know, Satan, Satan, you know, this over-the-top thing. And I could only imagine what the fervor was at the time, you know, with the exorcist coming out. Mm-hmm. All these, like, uppity-fucking uh, tentpole preachers been like, these movies show that the devil is real. I'm just like... 
Now, see, here's my argument. If you're gonna if you're gonna shout out to the rooftops, this proves that the devil is real. Not Rosemary's baby. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist. <laughs> I'd argue that one. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. The Omen, maybe, maybe. The Omen is so good because it shows that it's okay to have the most late-term abortion possible. <laughs> I like, did not laugh at that. Oh my god! Yeah, like what is it? Like the ninety fifth trimester? I think it's okay to kill this little motherfucker. This Gregory Peck trying to stab him in the face is probably the best idea of why abortion should be legal. Okay, I did the most horrible thing in the whole entire world, yeah. other than just laugh at that. So they re-released it when they did the new version. Yeah, I remember that one. I went to the movie theater to see it. Me, mom, and dad sit in the back of the movie theater, Statesville, and it's the re-release. It's the new one. You know what they do? They take liberties with the new ones. I'm sitting there watching this movie. It's dead silence in the movie theater because it's the end of the movie where he's got to decide if he's going to kill his kid. Yeah. Me and Dad, my daddy, are both screaming at the top of our lungs. Kill him! Kill him! Don't let him live! Kill him! Nothing good's going to happen if he lives! Kill him! Kill him! And Mom and all these people in the movie theater turn around and look at us. Like, you monsters. No. It's the devil. Yeah. It's literally the incarnate of evil. (laughs) And then when it doesn't happen, we're just like... (sighs) Welcome to the 15 sequels. Yeah. And then when Sam Neill plays him when he's an adult. Yeah. But, dear God. Sam Neill was cool as fuck as the devil. He was. He Uh, really was. He was was suave as shit. Because he was in another couple movies about those, like, a mouth of madness and stuff like that. Uh, But... What I, what I really love when it comes to cult descriptions, uh, either the cult is very small or the cult is very big, mm-hmm. and that's the, that's, the, that's the unwind at the end mm-hmm. where you find out how big the cult is because mm-hmm. that's the scary part. You know, when you're trying to show, hey, this is a small town cult, you can get away with saying, hey, there's only like a handful of members. But like- when you do the whole like, chase with the devil is just like oh no the whole town's in on this motherfucker yeah. it's kind of like uh, the movie Hot Fuzz when you find out the whole town's in on the killing like the homeless <laughs> people and everything like it's, it's that mentality you know, they're in on it the long ride yeah uh, I think one of the coolest versions of a cult was in the movie Evil Dead the remake they had was the girls running in the woods and those two fucking hillbillies you're like oh fuck they're either kidnappers or cultists and she's tied to a pole and there's people chanting who are deformed just run through the ringer and this girl's speaking another language and this girl's fucking crying it's like oh shit she's being killed by a cult and it's just like nope they're justified they're totally justified <laughs> yep. send this little blonde girl straight to hell bury her deep <laughs> yeah send her to hell on a shutter and bury her deep break her bones so she yep. can't resurrect so like when you see something like that it's just like yeah, they were right. Like yeah. some of these cults are. <laughs> you have right. that moral dilemma for about two point five seconds. <laughs> and it's like, like nope. <laughs> it's like when we were talking about Silent Hill. They're kind of right because she does go fucking ape shit, but they caused that. Yeah, the cult caused their undoing because mm-hmm. they tortured and burned a little girl, mm-hmm. and she became evil and went full barbed wire massacre in a church. And yeah, I love that scene where the fucking. The, the mom sees the cop is dead, which is fucking horrific. Yeah. Uh, it goes toe-to-toe with... The crazy lady. The head bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. The head priestess. 
and this woman just stabs the mom in the chest. It is just, she's basically vomiting blood out of her chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, when I first saw that, I was at a theater and saw that. And I'm just like, what? They're going to kill her? Like, I, I, was, I didn't see that coming. Because it takes so much liberties with the game. It's not really that close to the game, mm-hmm. uh, storyline-wise. But it's just, bruh, bruh. And then you start seeing what the blood's doing. I'm just like, yep, you all deserve this shit. And the mm-hmm. way they kill... I will say this: the Ooh. Sam, the Sam Raimi level of Whoa. like that that scene in the original Evil Dead with the lady in the trees is nothing Ooh. compared to this barbed wire bisection this woman goes through. Yes, and I was just like, that's some fucking Hellraiser shit right yeah, there. Yeah, that was actually a moment where I went a little much. No, no, totally amount of practice. <laughs> <laughs> a little much. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I even... Th- there was one moment in that movie where I went way too much, which is where uh, the girl who runs around uh, runs around the town and picks up all the shiny stuff she finds. Oh, the... The, the regular little girl. Yeah. Just, just the plain old regular yeah. girl who helps them out. She's trying to go back in and doesn't make it in time, and Pyramid Head guy grabs her and rips her skin off. Literally rips her skin off. Well, she's like, throwing rocks at the homeless lady, so fuck her. Yeah, but I'm like, oh. oh yeah, that's a fucking Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So I remember when they showed it. It's just like he grabs her and she, he he somehow grabs enough like skin mm-hmm. that he's able to grab it like a fistful, like a like you're grabbing a t-shirt mm-hmm. and twist it and then pull. Yeah, and I'm just like. God damn. <laughs> that was one of those scenes when you're a kid, you're just like, that's pretty fucking metal. <laughs> when I, for me, like if I will say this, like me and you've talked about this, like how, how you teach students and stuff like mm-hmm. that. When you were telling when you were telling a while ago when you were talking about the kid like having a fucking mental breakdown here in Jim Jones, I'm just yeah. like He just needed a minute. I'm just like, what a pussy. But like <laughs> But like me and you, me and you grew up a little differently. We grew up yeah. in video stores watching horror movies. Yeah. So like our idea of fucking horrific is like the white collar guy in khakis killing people. That's yes. horrific. Not the not the guy with a deformed face ripping skin off motherfuckers. Now that yeah. guy's casual. Like, I understand that. Yeah, that's why Texas Chainsaw Massacre never scared me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why Silence of the Lambs is always scarier than Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Well, yeah. So, what's another movie that you think uh, kind of shows cults in another light? Oh, now you know we got to talk about Children of the Corn. Children cannot be fucking trusted. And children who are cool about vegetables really can't be fucking trusted. I mean, anytime kids are wanting to eat their vegetables, we all should be suspect. Dude, I, I never understood. Like, I, re- I read the book mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. And it's a very good book. Yes. The movie is laughable. <laughs> it really is. But I grew up watching... The Terminator. Yeah. So when I see Linda Hamilton, like I watched her in like Dante's Peak and yeah. fucking The Terminator and Terminator 2, I see her, I was like, oh no, she fought a metal skeleton six foot four Mr. Olympic. Yeah, she could drop kick a fucking kid. Who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. But I've seen her in this and it's just like, oh no, it's a different time, Limbo Hamilton. You know, she's not like. You know, doing push-ups and shooting an AR-15. You know, like, like, this is this is <laughs> this isn't Terminator Two. Linda, Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. This, this is this, this is Terminator One. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, this is <laughs> after, this is what she did before she became a waitress. Yes, and fuck that homeless guy. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but no, this guy. We we love this. We love this movie because dude. <laughs> because of the guy who did the uh, the YouTube commentary on it. Yes, it was so good. But like, <laughs> they kill a kid. 
immediately they do. They do. <laughs> by accident. It's the couple that goes into the town that's been murdered. The whole town's been killed by the children yep. who worship by a child preacher who's infected by something that walks behind the rose, a devilish creature that we do not know of, an evil, yep. an evil, not Nerd character, words. just an evil thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that lives within the corn. Yep. As stupid as this sound, this is the most cracker fucking racist. Like this is the most, this is the most like white midwestern cult you could think of because it's not Satanist. No, but they crucify people like scarecrows. Yes, they they have little corn husk dolls. They yes. have, and they have this really weird mentality. When you turn eighteen, it's time to go. You have to go out into the corn and let whatever it is out there. You oh yeah, do. yeah. Let the he who walks behind the rose have you. And it's just like. This is this is not a feasible, feasible fucking thing to do because some of you are going to die very quickly. Yes, and some of you are going to live without supervision. Mm-hmm. And if Lord of the Flies has taught me anything, you guys can't be trusted. Yes, with governing bodies. My whole thing with it is, I honestly believe, and this could just be me making assumptions in places that I shouldn't because I didn't write it. Stephen King wrote it, as usual. In his prime, by the way. Yes. This this was cocaine Stephen King prime. Yes. This is when his shit was off the chain. Yeah. If you if you picked up the manuscript for this, white powder would fall off of it. Yeah. Uh. And I'm not saying that for hatred of him at this time because no, this, no, I, this was amazing at this time. To, I'm sorry. He honestly needs to get back on cocaine. <laughs> like some of his stories are a little too long. I think a little bit of manic cocaine use can literally short down the story and make it a little bit more dynamic. Well, I think the whole reason he wrote it is because there's a speech at the end when the husband or boyfriend or whatever he is finally gets a hold. He, he's gone after Linda Hamilton to try to save her. Outlander! <laughs> yeah. Outlander, we have your woman! Yeah. When, the, when he finally corners the ginger. Oh, that dude. He made the movie. I'm sorry. I, I don't care how old I am. Mm-hmm. If a young man walks up on me who's malnourished, who only eats corn, in a town full of children, I'm mm-hmm. beating the soul out that motherfucker <laughs> in front of all the children. In front of all the children and show them what God really looks like. I'm going to beat him until he has nothing but hair and fucking fluid in the asphalt and I'm gonna look at the other kids you get to pick who's next mm-hmm. I'll give you that you can draw straws I don't care but I'm killing another one real quick <laughs> because that scrawny motherfucker was the villain he was your second in command I get it the little midget fellow with the hat he's scary he's got hollow eyes he looks like he's part of the fucking Adams family I get it he can be scary yeah because he probably carries a shiv mm-hmm. but this motherfucker this this crawling muscle. Who's supposed to be this the is muscle? your muscle. This fucking hundred pounds soaking wet ginger fuck. Like nah, he's getting a corn up the ass. Like <laughs> whoa. Yeah yeah yeah. This is gonna be this is gonna be fucking horrific. The things of how we like how we would do horror movies. Oh god no, no. Well, before or after uh, the husband proceeds to, as Charlie would say, pimp slap the daylights out of oh, the ginger. Oh yeah, like. 
all, all five fingers yeah. just wide open, and it just and it's a cup. Wham! Yeah, he hits him forwards and but he gets him back swing too. If this was a martial arts movie, his head would have followed the ground with the hand. Yes, <laughs> he he does uh, beat him rather profusely. Good. Then, then he gets a torch and gets up, and then he starts talking. I like how everybody like saw that. Yeah, it did not help. No, like, no, Saul will try to step in. He's like, he's just, he just walks up and beats this kid in the face, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, I forgot adults could do that to us." And it's like, yeah. because we killed them all. <laughs> yeah. But he gets that torch, and he starts saying, uh, basically, he's saying that any religion that doesn't practice love and tolerance is wrong. And I'm like, Stephen King, did you write this entire thing to say that? No. He he wrote that because he's like, I really want to beat the shit out of preschoolers. <laughs> I mean. And that one tall kid. Like, <laughs> but, like, can you, like, in the in the universe that Stephen King creates with cults and stuff mm-hmm. like that, especially the cult of personality itself. Yeah. Is, like, can you imagine, you know, he's he's got Carrie out, Cujo's out. Needful the things. Corner, needful things. You know, Children of the Corner, like his early works are coming out. Mm-hmm. At no point was his wife been like, can you imagine if Carrie White showed up in this town? I'm just like, yeah, she would have been a deity to these fucking kids. Yes. And she would have been scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, no, you you killed this poor girl. But the Children of the Corn, I think it doesn't get enough respect because it's corn. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just this idea because, like, here we don't see the farming community as big in our own lives. You mm-hmm. know, this was a great story to tell in the Midwest. Yeah. Where the towns are small, they're agricultural only, you know, Kansas especially. Mm-hmm. But it's so small that that's why that couple's there. They passed the town mm-hmm. because town's too small to even find on a map. Yeah, they're on their way to somewhere else. Yeah. And oops, a kid steps out in front of them. Oh, man. Technically, he's pushed, but you don't find that out till later. Uh, what do you know? It's probably a deer. <laughs> I, I still love the YouTuber. Bitch, you made eye contact with him before we hit him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was that? <laughs> nope. Nope, I would have kept driving. <laughs> you're in a corner. Hey, you're tra- you're- it's, the, it's the fucking early 80s. No one's going to give a shit. <laughs> You're passing a town that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, happens mm-hmm. all the time. Now, there is one I want to talk about. Yeah. Because this is one of them that takes the cult thing and throws it completely on its head. The Village. Ugh. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. But the idea. Oh, yeah, a blind girl who just can't fucking catch a fucking break. Yeah. Well, the cult idea. Yeah. Not the same cult idea you've heard 400,000 times. Well, it's kind of like the path. You know, the, the path takes takes from that. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, there was a group of people who wanted to get the fuck out of Dodge and do their own thing. And they bought a shit ton of land, put a fence around it, and created a community yeah. that goes south. And with some weird... It, it seems like if you were to give, like, reenactors an unlimited budget. Yes. They, this is what they would do. Like yes. those those weird fuckers who kind of work at like Salem, old Salem, or do like Civil War reenactments. They're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is what they would do. They would go back and live in the old times and it'd just be fucking lame all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, God. Why, why does no one look up at any time? Does anyone look up? Hey, what's that? Is that an angel? Yep. Yes, Jebediah, that is an angel. Not a 747. <laughs> No, nah, not not the fact that a helicopter at no point probably flew over this fucking place, or an airplane at you know twenty five thousand feet could have been visibly seen on a clear sky. Just like what's that? I don't know. Maybe a dragon. <laughs> Imagine if they would have seen a drone. Oh, 
Oh, the new the new world that's coming with the whole like cults <laughs> and like the new technology that the new technocracy that's coming with cults. It's going to be fascinating and terrifying. Hmm. Your new Chat GPT cult is going to be awesome. Oh God! Corn for everyone. Corn <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the village. The village. I, uh, I remember watching that when it came out because it was around the same time uh, he had another movie, The Sixth Sense, that had just got real big. Yeah, and that came out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had Joaquin Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Yeah, yeah. That. What did you think of their way of keeping people in the town or in the village? I thought I didn't catch it. I didn't catch the actual the actuality of what it actually was. Because you go into it and you you're seeing that you are you are sold that it's a period piece mm-hmm. and that there's some kind of monster in this village and you're like okay so you you're watching the movie and then it's that whole old religious thing where you have to put it's gonna it's gonna put blood on your doors and I'm like okay so we're pulling the old school Christian ideology of blood on the door facings. Okay, we got that. Oh, like oh, old school like Passover Judaism. Yeah, you know, okay. Exodus. We got that. We got that. And then all I focused on was how is this poor blind girl gonna tell Joaquin Phoenix that she's in love with him when he gets, keeps getting stabbed to death all the time? And then I'm like, well, first of all, this is supposed to be like way back in the Puritan day, so if he's already got stabbed, then I got news. No, that, he's that, gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna say, get an infection and die. Yeah, so like I remember the creature when you see yeah. it for the first time is very anticlimactic. When I saw it, I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I said, That's a person. Yeah. So then my mind automatically went to, okay, maybe somebody who got thrown out of the village living in the woods, maybe? outcast person always my mind automatically goes to Sleepy Hollow the people get kicked out they live in the woods okay and then when she climbed over the fence I'm like no you have got to be kidding me and then of all the people that they decide to run as the cameo of the forest ranger to talk to her M. Night Shyamalan himself, I'm like, oh, you, you just wanted to be in your own movie. Yeah, that's what he does. He shows up in his own movies. <sighs> like, you just wanted to be in your own movie. Yeah, and that, that was a, um, I'm trying to think of a horror movie that was on Netflix that was kind of similar to this, but it was a real, uh, 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 The Ritual. Did you ever see that? I heard about it, but I didn't get to watch it. So, there is a cult that lives deep in the woods of Sweden mm-hmm. because of course. Sweden, Norway, and Finland are the lands that uh, Christianity didn't quite go well. <laughs> Midsummer. Yes. <laughs> that's the last one we'll end on because that's my favorite cult movie. Oh, that is my jam. This right here, the whole hands up, that is my jam. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'd join. Fuck, I don't give a fuck. You would. Yeah, because I'd be cool with them. I would burn their Bible or fucking piss on their fucking graves. Like, all the other assholes that showed up. But, like, in the movie The Ritual, in this movie, they, they're they remembering a friend who died. Yeah. And there's four of them on a hiking trip. This mm-hmm. is something they had planned beforehand. Mm-hmm. And like, like the village, mm-hmm. there is something in the woods. Uh, and this is what I love about 
cult movies that go above and beyond because there is a, a cult that lives in the woods and they stay in the woods for a reason um a good example is like the like, like the village is mm-hmm. a good example of why do they stay there it's like oh they're bordered and surrounded by woods mm-hmm. and there's an evil thing the old the the town the the town elders know they know the truth because they created the fallacy they created the the story they're they're the camp counselors from friday the 13th and you know they're just like oh yeah there's a guy out there going to kill you yeah and it's just like no there's a woman out there going to kill you and uh she's going to kill all of us mm-hmm. because we sent her child to hell because <laughs> we wasn't paying attention i bet one of them was paying attention like drown you deformed fuck <laughs> probably wouldn't surprise me that that would be my favorite version of friday the 13th if there was a camp counselor who just did that Movie would have been a whole lot different. Oh, that movie would have been justifiable homicide to the umpteenth degree. Absolutely, that's why I'm saying it would have been a whole. Lot oh different. yeah, yeah. Everybody in the movie theater would have went, kill him, kill him, kill him. Quick. Oh yeah, just cheer. <laughs> hey, who? What, what did the mom do? Uh, she took her uh, son's body out of the lake, created a golem of vengeance, and he became about six foot six, uh, can run a four forty, and uh, probably should be in Vietnam, <laughs> winning Vietnam mm-hmm. in just a couple of days. Yeah, uh, but like. The the idea of like there's something deep in the woods mm-hmm. is terrifying. I think it's the best kind of horror. If I'm going to make a movie about horror, is the thing you can't see. Yeah. And the fact that in the village you see it yeah. in broad fucking daylight is fucking shitty. Like it's wearing a giant red cloak. It's got spines. Like I get it. It's a cool. Like if this movie was made in the 80s, mm-hmm. it'd probably be fun. If it was made in the 70s, it would have been fucking terrifying. Yeah. But with this, when you're trying to tell a cult movie, the ritual would do it better because the thing you see in the ritual is like eldritch horror monster. Mm-hmm. And you don't see it until you get to almost the very end. And the way the cult is set up is like, look, you four came out here and it was a fucking mistake. We're going to let <laughs> one of you stay but the rest of them got to go. And each person in that cult is a survivor person of their original group. Hmm. And they are down for this fucking ritual every fucking decade or so. And it reminds me of like, I know I kind of go off the script a little bit, cults a little bit, but when you hear about deep sea, mm-hmm. how far down do you go before you start seeing shit you really don't want to fucking see? Yeah. You know, the pure dark. What's down at the bottom of the ocean? And I was fortunate enough to read a story where someone described that as a forest. Hmm. Someone had wrote a short story about what if a forest was like the ocean? The further you go in it, the darker it gets. <laughs> and it, the scarier the stuff. Well, not the set. The sunlight doesn't penetrate the leaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the trees are bigger. Mm-hmm. The forest is darker. Even the animals, the predators and prey are bigger mm-hmm. because they have to be. And it's yeah. just like, how terrifying would that have been mm-hmm. if we lived in that type of world? Please, no. Where, like, the the, the American Redwoods mm-hmm. was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have national parks, which are terrified anyway because yeah, no. people just disappear all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, deep in the woods, in the deep dark, mm-hmm. That's where the cults like 
we made it to this point. You go no further mm-hmm. because there's a great white in that fucking woods. Yeah. <laughs> a predator beyond belief. And I just love that idea mm-hmm. when you're telling a cult story. Yeah. Because now the cult is justified. And now it's just like, no, we do this because we want to stay safe. Mm-hmm. And that's another kind of cult story we don't get a lot of is the justifiable cult. Mm-hmm. Deep in the fucking like unknown world because cults in like cities are just kind of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, like <laughs> Rosemary's Baby, a Jim Jones, you know, David Koresh, even like you know, just this happy-go-lucky, you know, like, <laughs> hey, hey, dude, did you hear his cover of Blackfoot? Man, that's pretty good, man. Like, hell yeah, like David Koresh is the great Southern, like Texas Southern fucking cult leader mm-hmm. because he just like if you just gave that motherfucker a band he would have been fine yeah <laughs> Jim Jones if you just gave him crack he would have been fine like but no he came around before crack so like, he missed it out missed out on that yeah but with those with those real stories compared to like the fake ones I'm just like mm-hmm. yeah like you you it's hard to tell that story and mm-hmm. I can I kind of understand why horror directors kind of struggle especially back in the day mm-hmm. some of our favorite films of how to tell a cult story and not just being like Satan's it's the devil every fucking time. Yeah. You know, where we've seen movies where no, the 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 group that exiles people mm-hmm. is the worst. Yes. <laughs> because you just ruin their lives because we've seen this in documentaries of, you know, the FLDS, uh, the Amish and stuff like that, how mm-hmm. they exile people who have no bearing on what the real world is. Yeah. And you're basically feeding them to the fucking wolves. Mm-hmm. And they don't have access to their family. Yeah. And the people that they grew up with who've been with them their whole lives. Yeah. So comparing like a, a movie cult to a real cult is happenstance, really. Yeah. But like, I could imagine just like the real world versions of these not lasting a week. No, no, <laughs> no way. No. At some point, Silent Hill, someone's just like, hey, man, we've been in the dark for a very long time. Uh, you think we're doing anything wrong? Witch! And it's just like, <laughs> oh, fuck, man. You're going to burn me too? God damn it. <laughs> Dude, I just Seriously? saw I just saw Mary get turned into a fucking kebab like a minute ago. Like, <laughs> God damn, dude. You think we might be in the wrong? Are y'all not out of matches yet? <laughs> yeah, like... How how far, how long does the fire burn? You know, and I think I think when you're doing cults in movies and stuff like that, you can have a hard look at them. You can do a a kind of a hard nosed look mm-hmm. at cults, but I think in movies they need to be fun. They need to be you know scary. They need to be kind of stupid mm-hmm. with their rituals a little bit you know they can be terrifying but like they yeah. can't be like what the fuck you know mm. kind of situations because real life cults are a true horror yeah yeah i i i feel like and and again if i'm wrong i'm not but if i am <laughs> i'm just kidding if i feel like we as people gravitate toward movies that have cults in them because Movies like uh, Race with the Devil, Children of the Corn, Midsummer, good. I think I'm the only person among all my friends, all of them, who like that movie. So stupid. Sacrament, Silent Hill, all that kind of thing. Those movies give us a different perspective on cults. And if we want to go see, 
it, we know good and well if we want to look at an actual cult, there's so many documentaries out there of the actual thing. Yeah. And just like with movies, do you really want to look at the serial killers and all the stuff that they did, or would you rather watch Sons of the Lambs? Yeah. Do you really want to know all the stuff going on in the FLDS, or do you just want to watch the documentary Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey? Yeah. So it's to me, it's a toss up. If you really don't want to get that deep and dark into the documentary section, you can just throw on these horror movies and be like, "Oh, well, it's fiction. It's yeah. fine." I think that's the great thing about fiction is like it is an escape, but there is a subgenre of fiction which I love, what is possible fiction, mm-hmm. which is set in a world where yeah, this is totally fucking happen. Yeah. Uh, some one of my, some of my favorite books, one of my favorite writers. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk mm-hmm. wrote a great book about a, a former kid in a cult called Survivor mm-hmm. and how he lived post a giant mass suicide in the cult and the children who survived and how he's dealing with his life afterward. And this is a work of fiction, but this mm-hmm. is all within the possible thing. Now, it does go off the rails when he becomes a prophet and decides to fly a plane into Mecca. But like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up to that point. Up maybe. to that point. Uh, that's what I started realizing the pages were numbered backwards mm. and it was a clock that was ticking while I was reading. So when I looked down, I'm like, page 95, page 94, 94, 93. Oh, fuck, the pages are backwards. So like when I'm reading this book, it, it's a countdown mm-hmm. to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like uh, The Running Man by Stephen King, not the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like when you talk about you know, plausible fi- or fiction, you mm-hmm. know, the, the great escape. Yeah, like it is a, it's escape mm-hmm. from the real thing because the real thing is fucking terrifying. You know, the, yeah. the stranger than fiction rule always applies because mm-hmm. the real thing is just fucking awful. Yeah. Um, uh, a story, The Children of Thunder. I don't know if you've heard about these. It was a group of three people, fucking idiots, who created their own little cult, mm-hmm. uh, dumber than a sack of rocks. But they were the, the basis for The Strangers. Oh. So the movie The Strangers is based off these three chuckle fucks. Oh, wow. I knew it was based on a true story. Yeah, I so instead was... of two girls and a guy, it was two guys and a girl. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like it's it's not as elaborate as The Strangers, which is misanthropic violence to the 11th degree. Yeah. These were just three idiots mm-hmm. <laughs> in real life. Mm-hmm. So... When you talk about how how do you how do you portray that mm-hmm. in a movie, well, the, the strangers did it great. Like yeah. the strangers, hey, these are three killers who are destroying a couple, as opposed to two guys and a girl who killed a young girl, an old couple, and a gas station worker because they just had this weird idea of how to get money, mm-hmm. and it's just like, god damn it, yeah. And you and you hear that, and it's just like. Give me another Children of the Corn. Fuck it. Give me Children of the Corn Part 9. <laughs> At least Part 9. Nine acres. <laughs> Just, that's what it's called. Nine acres. Yes. Yeah. The back 40. Yeah. The back 40. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but like, you know. We'll the, pitch the, that to him. Yeah. Because I, I saw the newest Children of the Corn. It wasn't good. I was very The dis- remake? Yeah. I was very disappointed. But I think that's because a big studio didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you get somebody like A24 and like Ty West to do that. It's going to be the shit. Yeah. But, like, this this one is... Uh, it's okay. Did they stick too much to the original? Is that why? I think they stuck too much to the book. 
and oh. and they got a little too close to the book where it didn't make sense and they made the the kid a girl instead of a boy mm-hmm. and it doesn't really change the dynamic too well it's just like when they make ellie creed the zombie yeah instead of the little boy mm-hmm. yeah so like it, it it really fucks it up a little bit yeah um but yeah like you, you made a you made a pretty good point bringing up you know documentaries about cults which is another part of you know cults in film mm-hmm. is how do we betray these people in real life you yeah. know is keep sweet a good portrayal of the flds i believe so i believe you know these people were you know destroyed by warren jeffs mm-hmm. and i'm not saying anything about the mainstay Mormon, the LDS, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, the but group itself. The fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, in all intents and purposes, is a branch cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we've said on this show as many times is like the Seventh-day Adventists have more cults branch off of those mm-hmm. because of their doomsday belief. You know, this idea of just like... You guys aren't crazy enough, so I'm going to make my own fucking church, like the Branch yeah. Davidians or the Millerites or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just go to town on the belief, you know. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember the guy who went to New York and had all the billboards saying the world was going to end in like 2003? Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a preacher. He said the world was going to end in like March of no 2013. It was in 2013, and the whole world was going to end, and like he was in Times Square and. the Reporters were there waiting. I remember hearing something about but that, but I don't spent, remember he hearing spent like billboards. A shit ton of money on billboards and stuff, and it didn't happen. And then he spent more money saying, "Oh, my numbers were off," and it's like, okay, that 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 that's an actual practice in cults, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, trying to create urgency when the end is coming. If I was going to create a cult, you know, if I was going to do it, I'm like, no, the, the world's going to end in like a hundred years. We need to prepare a place for us in the aftermath because mm-hmm. I'm going to be long dead. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm in charge. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the problem with some of these motherfuckers. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, the world, no. We're, like, David Koresh is a great example of this. Is He was a doomsday cultist mm-hmm. by all intents and purposes. Yeah. He didn't deserve to die like he did. And those people and children didn't deserve that. But all intents and purposes, they were a dangerous group of people. To an extent. Yeah, to an extent. To an extent. Now, I don't think they would have popped off in the fucking town because they were part of the town. Yeah. But, like, that's a whole different story. But, like, we're not telling a story, a fictional story. Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a man who thinks he's Christ Almighty with an AR-15. Like, a crown of bullets. and like a, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just, like, praise Lord and pass the ammunition kind of guy. And it's just like, yeah, literally. if I'm going to do a story, that's what I'm going to tell because that's exciting and fictional mm-hmm. as opposed to David Koresh, who's really good at guitar and preaching like a motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah. But like with that, with that being said, you know, like when we watch documentaries, which is, you know, still film, mm-hmm. where do you, do you, have you seen anything where it seems like, the cult was betrayed uh, betrayed wrongly. Like, have you come across any kind of documentary or film that was based on a true true cult that was shown in an unfair light? I'll say it like this. One of the best documentaries that I've ever seen is a documentary called Let the Fire Burn. 
Um, if you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. And I'm going to tell you to watch it, and I'm going to tell you to watch it and form your own opinion because I went into it, <clears throat> I went into it not knowing anything about it, and it's about the Move Group. Hmm. I'd never heard of this, didn't know anything about it, no clue at all. And it starts out with a police interrogation video of a small boy. I'm going to say, and I'm going to be wrong, and I'm sorry in advance, but I'm going to say he might be eight years old, mm. maybe. And he's talking about when the fire broke out in his house, and he had to run through the flames out the back into the arms of a police officer. And he had been taught his whole life that the police officers would hurt him. And he had seen the police officers come into his house and hurt his family and hurt the people in his group. So he had to make a decision. Did he want to burn to death? Or did he want to run into the arms of a police officer who would shoot him? Yeah. So he had to make that decision. So he decided to try the police officer. And that's how it starts. Yeah. And then the credits come up, and then it talks about the very beginning of it introduces the move organization as how they started, who they are, and then it goes through. This is in the uh, city of Philly. Yes. Yeah. So if you don't know, the move organization is a group that is a. I'm gonna. I'm uh, it's a it's a civil it's a, rights group at all intents and purposes. Yes, um, it's a back to Africa group. They are. A group that everybody changes their last name to Africa, mm-hmm. and they do not believe in technology. And everything is—it's a socialist group. Everything's in house. Yeah. They grow their own food. They do their own laundry. They do their own thing all inside the house. A very uh, communist. Yes, extreme. Not not communist. Commune. Commune. Yes. With an e. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they lived in a building, and the neighbors all complained about the state of the house. Yeah. The smell. Because you're smack dab in the middle of a fucking city. Right. Not a farm. And they said that there was somebody there who had a gun. So the cops came. They raided the house with a no-knock warrant. And they came in and they took, I believe it was one man to mm-hmm. start. And they drug, and there's footage. They drag him outside on the sidewalk and they beat the absolute daylights out of him. He's unarmed. Mm-hmm. He's no shirt and jeans and they beat I mean they beat him up it's bad and you see it the footage they show it and they haul him off to jail and come to find out the gun didn't work Hmm. it was uh, like a long rifle and it didn't work so they move out of that house and one of the followers or one of the members of the group has a family who gives them a townhouse one of those that's stuck to the other houses so they move into this thing so they're literally living in one of these big fancy townhouses, like Sex in the City fancy townhouse. Mm. <laughs> and they make a big box at the top, and they're uh, growing their own food, and they're using solar power and rainwater and all this kind of thing. After the raid, they lost a lot of members, and a bunch of the kids got taken and put into DSS. So they made it a point to where that was never going to happen again. So they started preparing for that not to happen again. So they made it to where you couldn't see inside the building. They wouldn't let the kids go out into the backyard unless they were supervised. They had this big thing where they didn't wear they did, the kids didn't have to wear clothes if they didn't want to. So if the kids went outside, they had to make sure they had on clothes. So all that kind of thing. 
they have a big standoff. Yeah. And the city of Philadelphia literally drops an incendiary bomb on the top of their house. Yeah. <clears throat> and it catches on fire. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of those ones that you're not going to hear a lot about yeah. as compared to, you know, the People's Temple or David Koresh, you know, those mm-hmm. last stand yeah. type groups. And I think we all know why. Yeah. You know, it's a black cult. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear a lot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, if, you know, I don't have to say it out loud, but, like, it's it's a racist fucking thing. Because yes. that, the, the the city police, mm-hmm. we I, I grew up hearing stories from people up north, from up north, talking about the south and how bad the south is. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty fucking awful sometimes. But don't ever, ever compare a small town in North Carolina to the fucking LAPD I or the mean. Philly police or the NYPD blue. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these people are the upper echelon. You know, the Ku Klux Klan can burn in hell and be buried underground. And that's too good for them. But you also have the Knights of Columbus, <laughs> so like, who are also that version for the North. So, mm. you know, that that's another, that's a whole story. But that is a cult yeah. in all intents and purposes, the Klan and the Knights of Columbus. That mm-hmm. is a race bait cult. Yeah. And trying to portray that in film is wholly unbelievable. <laughs> like, yeah. Because people, even, I think, I think, you know, when you talked about the kid, your kid in your class who was reading about Jim Jones and listening to the footage and all that. I think it can be a little visceral because in the age of technology or like how the fuck did that happen? Because there is a disconnect mm-hmm. on wait, what do you mean you had this in your house? Or like uh, the fake like I love the video of the girl talking about like why can't we just have a phone in the house? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, darling, we did. Yeah, it, we did. And guess what? It rings all the fucking time. I don't want to burn it. <laughs> but like that 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 idea of like this disconnect and you know, information um, when trying to tell kids about cults mm-hmm. and the dangers of those. I think that's another thing that we're going to see on the rise is mm-hmm. a rise in cults. A uh, perfect example is Nexium. Yes. The MLM cult, basically, which mm-hmm. is a multi-level marketing cult. Um, that is the next way of doing cults. Yes. It's how to drag you in to being your, with the fallacy of being your own boss. Mm-hmm selling product and stuff like that and uh, uh you know as we're recording this it came out that the lady who killed the girl over the lululemon thing mm-hmm. life without parole <laughs> like like that's an mlm and a cult on all intensive purposes yes so like you know real life standing you know we're talking about fiction mm-hmm. yeah there is there is a disconnect mm-hmm. and i think i think we need to have those stories told more often mm-hmm. like let the fire burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story of Waco, you know, the, the people's temple, you know, mm-hmm. Ant Hill kids, the children of God. You know, I can go on for days about just different cults, but me too. I think, I think we can take it out of the fiction element a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it less villagey. Yeah, <laughs> and get it more close to you know what Showtime's done with the the Waco series, or. Uh, with Michael Shannon, you know, when they do, they did an aftermath with Timothy McVeigh. Yeah, I'm getting ready to watch that. <laughs> yeah, guess what? Timothy's an asshole. Yes. No, <laughs> but, really. But they they show they show more background on David Koresh mm-hmm. in a, in a different light. Yeah, uh, he's not as charismatic as it was in the first story. It's not the same guy. It's a different guy. Yeah, but it is still a a, a harrowing tale of a cult mm-hmm. in its beginnings. Um, and as a, as a teacher. 
you know, when you're trying to tell stories in history of, you know, especially if you're doing U.S. history, which I would consider being easier to do than world history because the world is big and large mm-hmm. and terrifying. Yes. But the U.S., you know, history only gets harder as time progresses to tell. Yeah. So, like, do you think that when you're, when teaching history that it's important to talk about these little groups that rise up and fall within these little time periods? Do you think that is an important story to tell as as well as the battles and wars, the political movements, stuff like that, the the changing of the guard in the United States? Do you think that is a, a good thing to also be introduced in the history of the United States? Well, so one of the things that messed me up, actually two of the things that messed me up this semester, um, as you know, I just got a job at a very large public school. And I came from a very small school. So coming to a very large public school, and I'm not teaching freshmen. I'm teaching sophomores and juniors. The and worst a few of seniors. the worst. <laughs> no. Just fucking animals. Uh, sophomores <laughs> and juniors and a few seniors. And I say things like, how many of you have heard about the Trail of Tears? And I have like three kids raise their hand out of a class of 33. And I just want to bang my head against the desk. And I'm like, all right, guess what we're doing for the next two days? And then, how many of you heard about the Red Summer in 1919? Nobody. Not a soul. No. And I've got one kid who I have deemed her my social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. Because she is. I told her, I said, if you don't take that with you and make that into some kind of career, I'm going to be sad and depressed. I said, I want to turn on my television and see you. Because she's got a heart for it. Yeah. And she's wanting to go into law. And I'm like, you need to do it. And I said, you, of all people... This needs to be something you need to hear about. So there was a day. So I think it's important to hit the big stuff always, but the small stuff ends up going by the wayside. And that bothers me a lot. And one of the things that I feel like the kids don't have as much as we did when we were in school is empathy's harder to build. I feel like they have it, but it's not it's not the same as it used to be. Because, for example, the kid that was uh, looking at Jim Jones, he was fine through everything. <clears throat> Sorry. He was fine through everything. And, I mean, he was watching... He watched the footage where the senator got shot and all that stuff. Not a tear, not, not a wince, not a single thing. And he's a big he's a track star he's a big dude he's bigger than me taller than me too but of course that's not hard and when i happened to walk by him i saw the survivor talking and i knew who it was mm-hmm. and it was one of them who had to watch his son die yeah and he was talking about it and i didn't have to hear the i've seen enough jim jones documentaries i knew exactly who it was and what he was talking about and I'm sitting there looking at it, and that's when he had that look on his face and he had his mouth hanging it open. And I'm going, see, that's what you don't think about. When you see that overhead footage from the helicopter of all those people, you don't think about the babies yeah, and the small kids who didn't have an option. You think about the adults who literally walked up to the vat and said, okay, you know, you, we believe you. That's what we get taught. We don't get taught about the kids who didn't have an option who got injected or whatever. And I had to see that on his face, and I'm thinking, okay, 
how do I handle this as a teacher? And that's when I told him, like, if you need to take a walk, go ahead. He came back and he said, I want to try to find something positive. I want to find the positivity of them building this place that was supposed to be their haven and their good place. He said, because the idea that it started out with was such a good idea. I said, all these start out with a great idea. I pointed over my shoulder. I said, your classmate over here is doing Waco. She's talking about David Koresh. He started out with a great idea. I said, there's one over there that's doing uh, Scientology. He's, that starts out with a great idea. They mm-hmm. all start out with a great idea. We'll be talking about Scientology later. <laughs> um, that one won't be me. I'm not smart enough. That has nothing to do with smarts. It's it's a scam beyond belief. Well, I mean... It's like naming your cult the reasonableists because it sounds fine. Because you don't want to argue with a reasonableist. Well, I mean, the the idea of them always starts out great. It always starts out with such a good idea. Yeah, ain't hill kids. Yeah, we're going uh, to make jams and jellies and everybody's going to be cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have... Watching them do these projects, they've been doing this project for a week. Mm-hmm. And I have got to sit there and watch them. And, and plus, I also have some kids who are talking about serial killers and big criminals and stuff like that, too. But to watch these kids who are doing the cult stuff, to get... Because I'm walking up to it, and they're also finding out how much stuff I know about it, which is even scarier. But to find out how much they're having to learn about it is really interesting. Because they're like, how are these people believing this? Well, that's the great, that's the kind of the great thing about telling the story of cults, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, a great realistic example, uh, the Rajneeshis. Yes. Uh, the Rajneeshis came around. Another great idea. Yeah. Oh, dude. Ma Nan Sheila? <laughs> yeah, when are you going to get that tattoo? Oh, fucking true American motherfucker. Like, you want to talk about one of the coolest immigrants to come to the United States and become a true American and then dip because America tried to murder her? Yeah. Ma Nan Sheila. Yeah, she, she's one of those hardcore Americans. If she, if she was born 100 years earlier... Idaho would be a fucking state of hers. That would be her fucking state, as Utah is for the Mormons. I'm serious. Like, I, in all intents and purposes, she was just born in the wrong time. But, you know, the idea of the American spirit is in mind on Sheila. But, like, in that group, you had civil engineers, doctors, psychiatrists, you know, people who who we regard with reverence, you know, uh, mm-hmm. city planners, you know, people who knew how to work the land a certain way, farmers. You had people of different class standings mm-hmm. all on an equal level in this, all intents and purposes of cult. Yeah. And turn a desert into paradise mm-hmm. in the middle of shit fuck Idaho. Yeah. And eastern Oregon, mm-hmm. which people forget is a desert. Like, eastern, eastern Oregon, where it meets Idaho, is a fucking desert. And they did it without the town helping them. Actually, they did it with the town against them. Yeah, and that's and that's a whole thing. But, like, yeah, they they forged their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, there's always that. Yeah, they. That was they may it. have tried to kill a couple people. They took a turn out of Shakey's Pizza. <laughs> but, like, when you're, when you talk about, like, everyone is susceptible to propaganda. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know, as a teacher, yes, I think that would be a big thing to take. A big, if I was a teacher, that would be something I could, I would be very reverent about kids with. I mean, like, every one of you is susceptible to a form of propaganda. When I taught psychology this semester, we I did a whole unit on propaganda, and I thought and it how was, fun it is. Oh, I got <laughs> mad at the kids because because I started out with World War Two because you you I'm sorry. This is going to sound really There was no propaganda in World War II. America was cool about everything. I, I'm talking about Nazi propaganda. 
They were not cool about things. They were not cool about anything. But America took care of that. Yes. <laughs> the end. Punch was served. <laughs> Goebbels did his job to the umpteenth thousandth degree with the propaganda that was dished out in Germany during that time. And the kids, I, I showed them stuff, and the kids were looking at it, and they analyzed photos and stuff. And then I had a child had the absolute audacity to tell me, I wouldn't have bought that. You you couldn't have sold me that. And I'm like, all right, fine. Maybe, maybe but... But he said, and that only would that would only work for them. That wouldn't work for any other country. So, because I'm petty, and I live to be so, I, the next unit I did was all the people, all the famous leaders, and all the propaganda of them. And I didn't tell them what they actually look like. Like I pulled a picture of Stalin. Yeah. And it was a painting, and it was a propaganda painting. And he's he's holding this cute little baby, and there's all these sunshine and rainbows and all this stuff everywhere. And one of my female students hollered from the back, "Oh, look at Daddy here!" And I'm like, "Girl, I will slap you with a textbook." That's that that that's that was a big thing for him. Like he was like super fucking handsome when he was young, and that he changed his name to Steel. Like, what the yeah. Fuck? like <laughs> yeah, like I will slap you with a textbook. And then, because, yet again, I'm petty, the next picture on the slideshow was the last picture of him before he died, which is when he was an old man. And then I did the same thing with Saddam Hussein, uh, Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, Fucking ladies, man. <laughs> yeah, boy. Everyone gets three chickens and a gun. <laughs> yeah. And all the girls can come and work for me, but I have to sexually assault them all first. But yeah, I did all that. Yeah. So they got to see... Yeah, this is not what you're thinking. You're buying into it just as quick as anybody yeah. else does. Yeah, but like a great thing about cults with propaganda is uh, the pamphlets. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember. You remember Chick Tracks? They were the little pamphlets you find in the bathroom. They're Christian pamphlets. Yes, that's what oh they're called. God. Chick Tracks. That's what they're called. Chick Tracks. Okay. Uh, but you could go to like White Oaks Flea Market, mm-hmm. and there was that little Christian store in yeah. Statesville, and they had them mm-hmm. just sitting around. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I had the audacity to say this out loud, like <laughs> there was one in the men's bathroom on the soap dispenser, and it was a little black and white one, mm-hmm. and it was a guy who met a girl, mm-hmm. had sex with this girl. They didn't show it, but it's implied, and. Death shows up and, and and kills him, and like takes his soul to hell. Wait, like immediately? Almost immediately. <laughs> and I think I can't tell if like this is propaganda in, yeah. in a cultish way, like a yeah. Christian cultish way. But all I could think of was the guy that drew death was metal as fuck. <laughs> like these fucking artists. Who work for the Christian propaganda are just like, they could have drawn bad out of hell art for like Meatloaf and fucking Iron Maiden. These guys could be making real fucking money doing album covers in the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit. One of the coolest pamphlets was, and I cannot find it, and I, and I, I punished myself for this because I would have got a full leg tattoo of this fucking shit. <laughs> It was the seven-headed serpent dragon mm-hmm. with the ten horns and ten crowns coming out of the black sea from mm-hmm. Revelations uh-huh. with the whore of Babylon on it with black wavy hair, 
red low cut dress with a goblet of blood and all I could think of was that is the most metal fucking shit <laughs> dude and I'm just like I can't find it for the fuck for the love of god I can't find this fuck picture and I had the pamphlet I literally had it mm-hmm. and it was a giant revelations pamphlet of how the end was coming I'm just like I don't give a fuck about reading into that right there. The photo itself, like the picture itself, it's hand drawn. It looked, it was hand drawn like the Nightmare on Elm Street poster. You know, it was yeah. hand drawn. Yeah. And I'm just like, you guys are marking to the wrong motherfucker. Like, <laughs> get me closer to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should be drawing graphic novels for money. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, it's, but yeah, the little chick tra- if, if anybody in the Discord listens to this, t- please t- please tell me that you can find one of these little fucking pamphlet books because they used to be everywhere down here in the South. And it was always the girl who had... it. Was, uh, they were, they were color-coded. Uh, the red and blue ones were for women. The black and white ones were for guys. And you would have this person just show up at a restaurant or something and put them in the bathroom. And it's like... Almost as bad as the people that put, like, the fake 20 on the table for the waitress and they open it it's not a 20 it's just a a a prayer card that looks like a $20 bill Mm -hmm. yeah these were better (laughs) yeah but like that's what they were called chick tracks and I'm just like god if I could find one in the wild like you're never gonna find those again like I think if if you get a handful of those on eBay I would show them to those kids and be like this is what cult propaganda looks like because you know you remember how like it was back in the day before the internet was fucking huge and yes it's like oh we need to get to the kids and like this is how we're going to do it with these little pamphlets (laughs) so I'm not going to say anything else other than I didn't know that's what they were called I saw one today Fuck yeah. I will see if I can get it and get it to you. Fuck yeah. I love those things. Because the stories are fucking... It's a comic strip, guys. I read it and I'm like... How? This is either the most outlandish thing or the most racist thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Racist overtones like a motherfucker. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so like they are super fucking racist. Yes. But uh, to kind of round out the episode, I kind of want to talk about my favorite cult movie because I know you hate it. Yes. It's Midsommar. (laughs) And I'll be brief. I swear I'll be brief. But Mushroom tea. As soon as they take that shit, they were in hell. They were. They should have been in it before. No. This is why you don't drink. This is why you don't take drugs from strangers, kids. But this is like the most European, like honky fucking religion. <laughs> <laughs> because like, as soon as they get there, they're going to target the blonde girl and then like, yep, she she kind of fits the aesthetic. Because she does. Florence yeah. Pugh hits the aesthetic very well. Yes, all the caucasity. Yeah, and like. I remember watching the movie for the first time and then watching it again when I was in West Virginia with some friends of mine. Mm. And I was with my friend Raina, uh, my buddy Alex, and we're watching this movie and I'm already like into it like because mm-hmm. this is the second time I've watched it. And I'm, and I'm checking out stuff I haven't seen before. There's a lot of background substance in there that mm-hmm. is really horrifying because the opener is horrifying. Yeah. It's a, it's a murder-suicide at the beginning of the yes. movie. And it's all about... It's all about empathy and emotion at the very beginning because you need to see how terrible this girl's life is. Yes. You need to see how far she is drugged down Mm -hmm. before she's remolded 
<laughs> at the very end. And that's what I kind of liked about the movie because it kind of shows how a cult reformats a person. Mm-hmm. They take somebody who's down and out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all cult members are down and out, you know, people, but this is one of the options. They are targets yes. for a cult. Is how it happens at the beginning of the path. Yeah, so like you're going to target this, you know, meth head chick who, you know, like in the path, a drug, you know, girl who does a lot of drugs, who's had a rough life, who's been abused, whose oh. entire house just got blown away in a tornado. Yeah. So she joins because she's an easy target mm-hmm. because she's at her lowest point. Mm-hmm. And she thinks you Nancy's cute. Yeah. So and you can't blame her for that. So this this girl <laughs> God. is immediately targeted by her boyfriend's friend. Mm-hmm. Which I love this guy because he's he seems genuine out the gate. Yes. Of all the other friends who hate this woman. Include her boyfriend. Yeah. They are just like, please don't bring her. She's so sad. And I get that. I get it. If you're trying to do something with a group and you haven't, and you have failed to tell the other person that you're leaving, mm-hmm. yeah, you're an asshole. Yes. But be understanding of the group that's like, please don't fucking break her. She's going to bring us down. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand that part, too. But the guy's like, no, come on down. Like, the water's fine. Like, it's, yeah. it's going to be fun. I think you'll have a good time. And that's that side of the cult that doesn't get shown a lot in movies is the outreach part. Mm-hmm. Come on down. You know. We're here to help. We're here to help. You know, and it's in my mind, it's this joking kind of, oh, brother, where art thou? It's just like, come on down, friends. The water's fine. And it's just like, they get, they travel across the world to another country, to basically the Arkansas of Europe. And <laughs> the Arkansas of Europe. Oh, my God. Fucking the, the mountains of Sweden, mm-hmm. which is basically the fucking Ozarks. Mm-hmm. And they get there, and this cult has been here forever yes but it's a cult of morning day and evening in the beginning as a child you have a certain part and then your midsummer days you know your summer days when you're in your prime either you go out to you know profit prosthetize or whatever uh bring people back and then you have the night part of your life where it ends at the age of 72, mm-hmm. which I thought was fascinating because that part in cults isn't talked about. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of cults that actually talked about, hey, when you get to a certain age, we put you down. But because you've reached that echelon, you know, most times when we talk about cults when they die, they're being killed by cops. Yeah. Yeah, or the government. So, like, that, we don't talk about that part. But these people, at some point, are basically sacrificed for the group mm-hmm. and so now we know that because they're they get sacrificed and killed we need more members mm-hmm. so we need to replenish the rank and file mm-hmm. so that's why they bring these people back to mm-hmm. kind of cherry pick the best of the best kind of like a hunger game situation <laughs> uh without all the stupid political bullshit i mean but her being a perfect target yes is almost overstated Mm -hmm. she is so uncomfortable being there to the point where they use actual psychological tactics to bring her down to a level of calm that she would never get to in real life right 
you know, her sister murdered her family and then committed suicide in a horrific manner. Yes. This girl was already on the fucking edge. Mm-hmm. And now we've... They use a thing called uh, uh, tantric breathing, <laughs> which I love because it's uh, it's a weird cult-like thing, but it's also in the psychology realm, mm-hmm. which I love that cults kind of cherry-pick science. I mean, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're telling me I could change someone's mind just by beating the shit out of them and then giving them soup afterward? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could totally wipe someone's mind doing this. Mm-hmm. But that's what they do. They they when she screams in pain, they do that too to mirror her pain, and it brings her down. Mm-hmm. Now it's not this isn't like a pure scientific method. Yeah. But in this situation, because of how horrific everything is, she gets right back to where she needs to be. Now that's with all the psychological drugs and you know mm-hmm. psychedelics she's taken. But throughout the story, you know, her friends are getting knocked off, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of like a beast story throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie. Her trying to reach a, a inner fucking peace is the true horror of the movie. Because yeah, for he, real. Because by the end of the movie, she gets it. And I'm just like, are they that bad? Like, I see they helped this girl get to the perfect zen. <laughs> Even though her life is fucking over. Because in like 40 years, they're going to throw her off a cliff. But like right now, she is fine. <laughs> and I think that's like, I think that's kind of like the horrific part of Midsommar in a movie about a cult is, you know, as stupid as it is, it is a kind of a stupid movie, mm-hmm. but helping someone get to that, in my mind, that's what I saw. They helped her get to this level. Granted, she's now in a cult embedded deep. And her friends are all dead. And mm-hmm. no one knows where she's at. No one. Yeah. But psychologically... She's living her best life. Yeah. Like, she's definitely in the zone. Like, yeah. in her life. And now she doesn't have to worry about anything. She doesn't have to worry about a, her shitty boyfriend anymore. She has no family. She has a new family that love her probably more than her own goddamn family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the scariest part about that movie is this group of strangers who have cherry-picked her from a group of, what, 12 people? Yeah. And she's in it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that, you know, when you're trying to tell real-life stories, Midsommar is perfect for that. Yeah. Granted, there are just... The imagery is fucking horrific. The mm-hmm. guy in the bear suit, the girl in the hive... With the bees, the the whole the whole uh, the the hen house thing where they just rip that one guy apart, this is it's fucking horrific. Yes, but in my mind, all I'm looking at is Florence Pugh. I'm just like, is she okay? Like, no, no. <laughs> until the very end, where she's just like smiling that fucking smile because she's reached that inner clarity, and I'm like, she's fine. Fuck the rest of them. I don't care. <laughs> I really didn't give a fuck about the other characters. I think that's I think there's a lack of empathy on my part. But like, now here's here's my take. Oh, I would love to hear a female's take on this one because there are some there are some hard takes about the female yep. characters in the book yep. on the movie. I'm watching this movie, and I'm watching the beginning of this movie, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the beginning of this movie. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's let's see where this trigger fest takes us. And as soon as I heard her boyfriend talk about, I'm going to break up with her when we get back from the trip. I'm like, okay, I hope, let's see, how nice can I say this? 
where I don't get fired if anybody finds out about it, I said it. I hope his male appendage gets caught in a bear trap. Well, <laughs> he got caught in a ginger, and then he burned to death. So Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> he got caught in a bear suit. So, I'm like, okay, this guy needs to die. Slow. And, they end, and then he ends up having to take her as a pity, and that makes me even angrier. Because he treats her like that the entire time, and I'm like, you know she knows that she's being taken as a pity, a pity person. And then when they all start doing drugs, I'm like, that's the last thing she needs to do is be taking drugs. Oh, no. Because she's she's down, she's sad, she's depressed. She does not need to be taking drugs right now. I think, I think that's kind of like a misconception. Uh, we kind of have me and you, uh, between me and you. She's not taking drugs as in drugs. She's taking a hallucinogen and a psychedelic, which is a an actual thing people prescribe. Like, yeah. I, as much as Hannibal Lecter as we've seen and how south that goes when you just yeah. give someone mushroom tea and it's like, did I cut that girl's ear off? Yeah. I cut that girl's ear off. That's yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah, so we, that's what we're thinking of. Like, I know, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. It's like her taking drugs. She's not snorting coke or anything, which she would have done in America. Yeah, <laughs> like she here, she's she's in a she's in a field of green, <laughs> tripping her fucking balls off, thinking her hand is growing grass on it. Well, then when I saw the friend talking to her and being nice to her, I'm like, oh, maybe. When they get there, he's going to be this guy who goes, look, I know your boyfriend's trash. He's going to break up with you. I like you. So maybe we could be a thing. Oh, that would have been a villain moment. That, that, that's a villain. That's a straight up fucking villain. That would have been better. No. That no. would have been better. No, nah, no. Nah, catch it, catching a, a depressed girl on a rebound like that is fucking awful. It would have been better. Oh no! That, I would have took the cult bus. I take the cult <laughs> thing every time because he dies. <laughs> like that yeah, guy I dies. I know, I know. And then when all the freaky stuff started happening, when they did that tantric breathing thing, the first thing I went to was uh, uh, the Rajneeshis because they did that. Yeah. And I'm going, oh no, no, no! Now we're messing with. Now she's taking hallucinations, and we're messing with her emotions too. And I'm going, why are they not doing this with the fellas? Why are they only messing with her and they're not messing with the fellas? Because they're not emotionally damaged. Yeah, and then they start killing all the fellas off and I'm going, okay, this is the wicker man. No, the wicker <laughs> man is, is objectively terrible. <laughs> so I spent the whole rest of the movie going, oh God, Bees. this is the wicker man. Bees. <laughs> now that's a stupid fucking cult of the movie. The, the, the wicker man, the wicker man, all woman cult is probably the dumbest fucking cult I've ever, not because they're all women. But because of the bees. Yes. I'm just like, I get it. You grow, Oh, God damn it. If any cult can be destroyed by climate change, I'm just like, you're a weak cult. <laughs> that was what I spent the whole time doing. And then, then at the end, when she smiled that smile, I'm like, I have wasted my time. I will never get this time back in my life. And the next time I see Chris, I'm going to say, Chris, this movie you told me is the greatest movie that's ever been. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it could be so much worse. <laughs> We could be in a movie theater watching a movie, and I could call it halfway through. Hey, it was a good movie up to that point. Yeah, up to the Three Knuckle Shuffle. Yeah, it was great. It was a good movie up to that point. Midsummer did not have that up yeah. to that point. No, because it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> not that kind of roller coaster. You know, you're talking about Scooby Doo and Top Gun. Like it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, both are equally good. Yeah, yeah. If you're a child. <laughs> yes, in both cases. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that's kind of like how I saw like. A good cult movie like mm-hmm. in all standing like as fucking wild as it is i think it is a great 
example of the cult at its most extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to some other movies where we see it's just like Satanist bikers, you know, old old Satanists in a fucking apartment building or, <laughs> you know, our last stand cults or our, our move away from America for freedom cults, you know. I think that one was probably the best interpretation of a cult mm-hmm. because of how dynamic they created a whole religion just to show this off. Yeah. Because it is a it is a very cherry picked kind of way of doing things. It seems like it's a it's a cult of pagans almost. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, a pre Judeo Christian cult. You know, mm-hmm. an untouched part of the world that wasn't touched by the Crusades or empires of long ago, you know. Yeah. Where you, you do see that kind of filter into our our traditions now, but mm-hmm. they are just pure tradition. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like the fascinating part for me was mm-hmm. seeing that as untouched. Uh, granted, the the, the 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 Oracle character was fucking horrific, <laughs> but like, yes. well, yeah, but that's but that's no different than when we read about mythology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just like a personal favorite of mine. And you know, going back to the path, the one we opened up with, you know, as far as that show goes, there's a there is a rise and fall and a rise of our two main protag or main protagonist and mm-hmm. antagonist mm-hmm. because I think with those shows they're both equally awful mm-hmm. and yet lawfully good. Yes. Because like, you know, Hugh Dancy's character in the path, you know, who is this a strong, vigilant leader of a cult, which you need to have. Yes. But also an open minded and empathetic and kind as Pinkman's character. Mm-hmm. You need that as well. Yes. But they are going to butt heads to the umpteenth degree every time Mm -hmm. in a show like that. Yeah. Or in a cult like that. Because Mm -hmm. eventually it does come full head with with kind of a third act uh, psycho uh, by the time the show ends. But it's still, it's not the worst ending. No. No. I I thought they did okay. Yeah. But, uh, But yeah, so overall... With cults being representation of media, do you think it's better going into the future, like that they create more fictionalized cult movies or more documentary style um, productions going into how this cult came to be? Like, not so much like a Waco kind of thing, but like a a real, you know, step by step, like let the fire burn storytelling, as opposed to. The Sacrament or something like that, which is a fictionalized story of a Jim Jones type thing. Don't hate me, but I'm going to cop out. I think they need to do the fictionalized ones mm-hmm. because that will lead to the documentaries. Yeah. Because, like, for example, having sat in the classroom and seen kids that are like, what's Waco? I'm like, who's, the, who's Jim Jones? No, 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 no. All right, kids, pull up a chair and grab yeah. some Kool-Aid. Oh, bless. Flavor-Aid. Cool, no. We spend the extra on Kool-Aid and Christmas cult. Oh, okay. We can call them Christians. Mm. We're not, we have, you know what's funny? It's like <laughs> we did a whole episode about Midnight Mass. Yes. And that guy would have spent the money on the Kool-Aid because yes, he's he creating God's army. He would have. I love that guy. I love that scene where he's just getting fucking fire and brimstone at the end. <laughs> it's like this little Catholic. <laughs> but I I think doing the, the pl- like you said, the plausible fiction ones, I think that would bring a lot more attention mm-hmm. from this generation 
and God forbid the generations after. And that would be <laughs> you enough. You think we that far? Hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And then that would be like, especially if you said something at the end of the movie where you say, you know, based on actual events. And then they'd be like, hey, you know, what actual events? And then that would get them to look up the actual events. And then that could spring more documentaries and more research into things, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm always a big fan of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't learn about cults in school. I did not. I didn't learn about religious fervor or uh, any of these things. Uh, I went to a Baptist church growing up. I went yeah. to fucking public school. We did not talk about these things. I learned about the Crusades. Mm-hmm. But that's like religious-wise, that's as far as I went. I tried to go to Bible history mm-hmm. in high school. That lasted about a day. Uh, <laughs> that amazed you lasted that long. Because he's a Methodist. Ooh. And he didn't agree with my idea of what really happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. This is high school. I just had a question. Like, could have been Vikings? Like, could have been like, could have been like tall white guys from the mountains that came down to slaughter a bunch of fucking Arabs? Like, could it have been? He's like, no, it was angels. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you, you no open mindedness at all. Or just like, but Bible theory with Chris is a whole different thing. Yes, it is. It's on a Patreon. It's on everything. It ought to be. It needs to be. I read chip tracks. Like. <laughs> <laughs> And while it's a sin to listen to fucking Meatloaf and Dio. <laughs> and we will both be going straight to hell immediately. <laughs> At least the soundtrack will be good. I'm just saying. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Christy, thanks for joining us on the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Hope to have you again soon. Sure. Uh, folks, please please come and listen to the rest of the shows on Something Good Network. Uh, Alex has redone Something Good for You with David Weimer. We got backtracked episodes of No Time to Turn, uh, a Kiss Anthology series, very well done with Russ Ward and Captain Nunn. Uh, check us out on our new show coming up uh, with me and Christy as co-hosts. Um, a real deep dive into history. Uh, and we hope you enjoy. Uh, if you have any suggestions, listen to us in the Discord. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.